Welcome to Conscious Business, where entrepreneurs learn to master their mindset, conquer their fear, and step into their bigger game. Now, here's your host, Julie Zuzak. Hello, and welcome to Conscious Business. Today, we're kicking off a brand new series on situational blueprinting. This is going to prepare you to start a business. And for those of you, just like me, who are already running a business, it's going to normalize the chaos that you've been experiencing. I want you to know that what you're going through is perfectly normal, that you're not alone, and that most importantly, you are exactly where you're meant to be. And I really have to say that this is perhaps the most important series that I have created so far. And as you know, we look at entrepreneurship in a slightly different way on this podcast. While other people are focused solely on the doing, we like to focus also on the being. And because of this, you're going to get a really clear advantage above everyone else. Because if you focus only on the doing then you're doing it the hard way. And you're missing out on the experience of personal growth, the great journey that is calling you forth. So here's a look at what you're going to learn today. First off, I'm going to explain exactly what a situational blueprint is in our second segment. I'm going to explain why you need to start using them. In the third segment, I'm going to share a few examples of how I've used it in my business And that's going to help you understand how to practically use them. And then lastly, in the fourth segment, I'm going to let you in on what you can expect to learn in the future episodes. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? All right, let's start at the very beginning. I'm going to explain exactly what a situational blueprint is and why you want to start using this as an entrepreneur. So a situational blueprint is when we create a plan for an event, a milestone, or maybe even a big challenge that we know we're going to face in our business. And we think through and decide how we're going to handle it when it shows up. It helps to prepare us for this future scenario by deciding how we intend to consciously handle it and how we are going to react when it shows up. So for example, how are you going to deal with excessive success in your business with large sums of money? What are you going to do? Are you going to hold true to your values? Situational blueprints can be created for scaling your business, for hiring staff, for building relationships. What about that first time that you have to say no to a big opportunity because it compromises something that you believe in? Trust me, it's going to happen. Are you ready to deal with it? What are you going to do? There isn't a right or wrong answer, but you do need to know yourself well enough to know how you're going to react. When you create a situational blueprint to handle your success in the future, it helps you to understand and realize that you absolutely can handle it in the future, and this builds your confidence. Now, I also want to explain what a situational blueprint isn't, because I know sometimes people get confused when I go through and explain this. What it isn't is 
contingency planning. You know, like if you have a plan A, but things don't go according to the plan, then you have a backup plan B. That's not really what it is. It's more powerful and it's more intentional than that. It's about saying plan A is going to happen and this is what it's going to look like. A situational blueprint gives you confidence and it gives you clarity. It's about putting a stake in the ground and saying, I have a dream. I have a vision of what I want and I am going to commit to making that happen. It takes the optional out of a dream. It makes it a reality. It says X is going to happen and when it does, this is how I'm going to deal with it when it does. So why do we need to situational blueprint as entrepreneurs? You might be wondering right now thinking, gosh, Julie, my to-do list is so long with things that are actually happening right now. Why are you going to add to it with a bunch of things that are going to happen in the future? And the truth is, I'm going to because I know that this is in your best interest. And I'm also going to be honest with you and tell you that the best time to do your situational blueprinting is at the beginning of your business. It's before you are in the situation. And you may not even know what you need to situational blueprint for, but that's okay. That's what you've got me for. So in this series... I'm going to give you an overview of the top things that you need to look for. It may not be an exhaustive list, but because I've worked with thousands of entrepreneurs over the years, I can summarize the top things that you need to be prepared for. Don't you worry, I've got your back. Now, you know what situational blueprinting is. I'm going to share a few reasons with you right now that help you understand why it's so important. Let's dive in. Number one, first, it will serve to mentally prepare you for being an entrepreneur. Because running a business is different than having a job. And this is what we talked about in those two E-Myth episodes, right? We just finished those. Most of us are technicians that are starting businesses. We are delivering services. And we think that running a business is just about having a great service. But if you focus all your attention on just delivering a service and not on the strategy or the managing of the business, then you're likely going to fail. Being an entrepreneur is unlike anything that you've ever done before. You see, most jobs are about doing But being an entrepreneur is largely about being, especially if you are a first-time entrepreneur, because there is so much personal growth, and most people don't invest the time thinking about this up front, and so they have to deal with it along their journey as it shows up. So when they're overworked, when they're overwhelmed with just a sheer volume of things that have to do, they also have to focus on this personal growth. So if you are smart and you invest all your time up front figuring out who you are and knowing what you want to create and how you're going to handle things when they show up, well, this is going to help you immensely. Do you see that? Now, you know the stat that, the sad stat, that 80% of new entrepreneurs fail in their first five years. Well, when you invest time getting to know yourself, you increase your chances of succeeding with your business. 
So reason number one to create a situational blueprint is because it will help you to mentally prepare for becoming an entrepreneur. Now, the second reason is that it helps you get conscious about your personal growth. You know, it never ceases to amaze me how people want to blame external reasons for the failure of their business. People want to blame the market. They want to blame lack of funding or product market fit. But more often than not, here's a dose of tough love, these are just distractions or excuses for what didn't happen. Now, I always love asking people when they're stuck if they know what they need to do to get their business to move forward. And it always amazes me that people do actually know what they need to do. So here's a question. Are you doing everything in your power to succeed with your business? Are you showing up at 110%? Are you giving it your all? So this is reason number two, is that it helps you to get conscious about your personal growth. Let's look at number three. It helps you attract at the metaphysical level. We know now that taking time to consciously create, to visualize what you want to accomplish with your business will enhance your ability to bring it to life, to fruition. Top performers and elite athletes have known this for years, and I love that this is now becoming mainstream knowledge for all of us. I remember years ago watching interviews with Michael Jordan talking about how his regime not only included the physical training and conditioning, but also the mental conditioning of visualizing his success during a game. Mindset is everything. We know that now. So when you visualize yourself in that place of being successful, of having a thriving business, however that will look to you, then you are actually taking one step closer to bringing your business to life. You really, really are. So get clear, get resonant about what is going on and what it's going to look and feel like, and then find a way to really anchor that into your daily life. That might be a routine, a vision board, writing out your goals every day, or some sort of daily reminder in your calendar. Whatever it is, connect to it and do it consistently. If you don't, then it's going to be that much harder to get there. Now, I always love the example of a GPS, right? A a GPS in your car. If you're heading to your friend's house across town and it's somewhere that you've never been before, You could hop in your car and think, ah, I have GPS. GPS is going to take me there. Well, the GPS doesn't actually work unless you program and punch in the address of where you want to go. You have to have that address and type it in or else it won't know how to get you there. It's the same thing with your business. You have to get clear and have a clear visual of where you want to be, of what you want to create, of how it's going to feel when you get there. All right, so that is reason number three. It will help you to attract at the metaphysical level. And the last reason, number four, is that it helps you to be more confident. Many times every week, 
this makes me smile. I have clients or people in my community tell me about some magical coincidence that happened where they spoke their vision out loud and whoosh, instantly some miracle happened where they were connected with the right person or the right opportunity just showed up. Even just last week, I had one of my Retreat You members speak out loud her desire to want to own a retreat center. And guess what? Weeks later, someone approached her about investing in their retreat center. When you speak something out loud, and it takes a tremendous amount of courage to do this, I know, the universe is always listening and it will rush in to support you. So keep your eyes and ears open open. Watch for miracles because they will happen. Be careful what you speak out loud. So that is reason number four. It helps to boost your confidence. And lastly, I want to point out that when you are creating a situational blueprint, it's important to understand why you're creating it. Know what the main driver is underneath. And in some cases, it might be, you know, you motivating yourself to work harder to make sure that you don't give up. It could be that you want to stay true to your values, or it could be to address one of your fears. It could be the fear of failure, the fear of success, or megaphobia. So let's recap those four reasons why you want to create situational blueprints for your business. Number one, it helps you to mentally prepare for being an entrepreneur. Number two, it helps you to get conscious about your personal growth. Three, it helps you to attract at the metaphysical level, just like Michael Jordan. And four, it boosts your confidence. And when you create a situational blueprint, make sure that you're clear why you are creating one. All right, now that you're learning about the art of situational blueprinting, you'll likely want to start applying it to all areas of your life, which is totally cool. I fully support and I encourage you to do this. In this series, though, I'm going to talk mainly about examples for your business. But I also want to point out that you can use this in relationships, in friendships, in life goals, anything really where you want to bring something intentionally into your life. So to really explain how this works, I want to share a story. So when I ran my leadership retreat last year in St. Lucia, you might remember when this happened in November last year, I wanted to provide people with an extreme experience of transformation. I like to transform people from the outside in and the inside out. And the best way to do this is to push people out of their comfort zone physically and mentally. So I prepared the retreat with a number of workshops each day so people could really learn about themselves. And I also led up the entire week to the physical challenge of us hiking the Gros Piton. And this is one of the volcanic mountains on the island and it's about 2,600 feet above sea level. And it's not an easy-peasy climb. It's not steady. It's not smooth. It's steep. It's hot. It's rocky. It's the Caribbean, right? It's hot. So it was challenging physically, but it was also challenging mentally. 
So I saved it for an activity at the end of the week. I felt we would all build up to it and this would be the climax of the whole retreat. And since I knew it was gonna be a challenge, what I did is I created a workshop the day before to prepare everyone, right? So everybody did their physical preparation leading up to the retreat. I walked these stairs in my condo for months leading up to this retreat. Every week I added a new floor. So I built myself all the way up to go to the 40th floor. So I did the physical conditioning, but I wanted to prepare everyone mentally. And the purpose here really was to presence any fear that people had about the climb. Second, it was about getting them conscious about their edge behaviors, meaning I wanted them to tell their partner about how they would act when they were shoved out of their comfort zone so their partner could watch for these signs. And then lastly, I wanted them to design with their partner what they should do when this edge behavior shows up. So you could say, hey, this is the best way to encourage me when I start to get really overwhelmed and I want to give up. So for example, I know for me, I don't like to be yelled at or belittled. And I can think of many boot camp classes that I've been at over the years where people love this kind of environment. They love being yelled at. They love being told that they're not allowed to drink water or they're not allowed to lean against the wall or they have to do extra push-ups. Some people like this. It's not my thing. Uh, but I totally get it. Some people like that kind of environment to really be pushed. But for me, I don't like to be yelled at. I don't like to be belittled. And it just makes me shut down and get confrontational. So for me, I like to be encouraged. I like for my partner to tell me that they really believe in me. And if their tone of voice is really confident and they lift me up, then I will be motivated. But not in like a cheesy patronizing way. It has to be authentic and positive, right? So that's what we did on the retreat. We created a whole situational blueprint around what's going to happen on that mountain. What's going to show up? And if it does show up, this is how you're going to deal with it. So the workshop was really powerful and the climb was intense. It was way more intense than I thought it was going to be. So I was extra, extra, extra glad that we did this workshop the day before. So really, there's no right or wrong way to create a situational blueprint. But what I do want you to do is really lean in and start using this tool. It's a game changer, I promise. Now, here are two other examples of how I've used this in my business. First off, right here with this podcast. When I first launched years ago, I knew it was going to be a lot of work and I knew it was going to be a a big commitment for me. So what I did was I made myself a promise. I promised that I would keep publishing consistently each and every week and I would make it all the way up to 100 episodes and then I would check in and see whether it was providing a lot of value for the work that it took and make a decision then whether I would move forward or not. And I realized after I started that it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So right around episode 30, I remember checking in on this vision and 
I thought, gosh, what's it going to be like to have to get to 100 episodes? And so I made myself a little bit of a deal. I promised myself that I would get to 100 episodes. And I really felt into how amazing that would be, what that would be like to have that accomplishment. And I also decided to celebrate that I would do something really cool. And I would invite some of my listeners to join me on the episode. And guess what? I did do that. I actually featured some of my listeners on that episode number 100. It was a lot of fun. I had them all create videos from where they listen all around the world. I had them tell me where they listen to the podcast. I had them share what their favorite lesson was and their favorite episode from the podcast. And it was really cool, you know, to be able to flip the mic around to you guys for a change because the success of this podcast is really because of you, not just because of me. And so if you didn't listen to that episode, I highly suggest you go back and check it out. It's number 100 and you can find it on my website, uh, thecorporateyogi.com slash podcast. And you can see the episode, but you can also see the video. So scroll down on that page and you'll see the video that we created and you got to see where everybody's tuning in all around the world. So creating this as a situational blueprint for my 100th episode, it allowed me to do a couple different things. First, it helped me to get my ducks in a row to really find time to do this extra project on the side. And it also helped to motivate me, to keep me going, because I had something fun and exciting to look forward to. I had this milestone to work towards, all right? And one more example I want to share. So when I started my business, I knew that, just in watching other coaches, I knew that I would reach a point where my practice was full where I would have to say no to taking on new clients. And because I knew how hard it was to build a business, I decided that I would intentionally hand off any new business to someone that I did know instead of just saying, no, I can't work with you. And the reason I did this is because I have a really strong value of loyalty, of sending that elevator back down to help someone else on their journey. And especially because of the type of work that we're doing, I'm specifically working with entrepreneurs. So for me, I think it would be kind of hypocritical if I didn't turn around and help other people out on that journey right behind me. So if anybody comes to my business and wants to work with me and I either can't help them or I know that they're not a good fit, then I reach out to someone in my community who I think would be a great fit for them. And so whenever I meet someone new, and this happened just as recent as a couple of weeks ago, and it's a brand new coach and they say, hey, you know, you have a great business and if you ever have too many clients, please reach out to me. I'd love to help you out. And I get that chance to explain to them, thank you for offering to take all this business off my hands, but any referral business that I get goes to my community first. It is a priority to help them out. And this is uh, something that I got to do even last week. I had an opportunity come in, which I didn't have time to take on, but it was a perfect fit for one of my clients. And I handed it off to her and she was really grateful 
to receive it. It was a win-win really because I got to help the client. I got to help my client with the new business and I didn't have to say no to this opportunity. And so this is because I set the intention that I would do this in the very, very beginning. And this is a proud part of my business that I'm really excited to get to do. And it's because I intentionally said I would live up to this value of loyalty in my business. So you don't have to do something like this, but it is something that you might want to think about. What are you going to do when you get to that place where you're too busy? You might already be there right now. How do you handle it today? And how does it honor one of your core values? Okay, so I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that your hamster wheel is turning. And more importantly, I hope you understand exactly how important situational blueprinting is. You have to be clear on what you want. You have to be specific about what it looks like and then connect to know what it's going to feel like when you have it and when you get there. This is creation in its purest form. Spend the time, please, creating what you want. Don't just leave it to chance. And here's a little sneak peek at some of the topics that we're going to cover in future episodes. We're going to look at what happens when your values are being challenged in your business. We'll look at how do you handle being in the dip? What about when you reach that point? where you have a growth hangover? How do you deal with having haters and critics? What do you do when it's time to start hiring people and expand your business? How are you going to handle failure? And of course, what do you do when you make a big mistake? These are all very real, actual topics. They're juicy topics. Was there anything in there that really jumped out at you? Can you think of any other topics that maybe I didn't mention, but you've been thinking about or something that you've had to deal with recently? If you can think of anything, let me know. I would love, love, love to hear from you. You're going to love this series, I promise, on situational blueprinting. It's going to change the way that you look at and the way that you grow your business. Today, you just learned about a very powerful tool and how to create a situational blueprint. In the coming weeks, you're going to learn more and more about it and some specific things that you should likely blueprint for if you haven't already. And because I've worked with so many clients and helped them build their businesses, I'm going to outline the biggest things that you need to watch for. And I'm going to give you real tips on how to prepare for them. Trust me, fear is a very real thing in your business. And when you lean in and you think through the things that you're going to have to face in your business and you decide how you're going to handle them, well, it makes things go a lot more smoothly. Trust me. Because you're going to have to deal with these things anyways, and you're going to have to do the work. But when you've already decided how you're going to handle them when they show up, it makes life a lot easier. You know, I wish I could promise you that your biggest challenges and your greatest lessons are going to show up conveniently 
packaged up with a nice little bow and a loud booming voice from the sky that says, hey, you're about to be challenged with a really big lesson. And I wish that they happened in time when you could deal with them easily. But you and I both know that that isn't going to happen. When those challenges come up, you don't get to hit pause and deal with them later. So invest the time now in figuring out who you are, what you stand for, and how you're going to handle these challenges when they show up. Because trust me, they're coming. They're going to show up. And if they haven't already, they're on their way. Remember, you signed up for this wild roller coaster ride called entrepreneurship. And I know you would not be here if you weren't able to handle it. You've got this. Trust me. Another level, another devil. Your challenges will always up level relative to your ability to handle them. So be proud of your challenges. Wear them like badges of honor because you've earned them. You've designed them. You chose them. And you, my friend, can totally handle them. Thanks for hanging out with The Corporate Yogi. Remember, being an entrepreneur can be intense and isolating at times. Don't do it alone. Become part of Julie's Facebook group called Conscious Business. And if you're really serious about growing your biz, visit thecorporateyogi.com and book a free strategy session with Julie today.